1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 458. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. How's it going, bud?
3: It's always going great.
2: Excellent. Isn't it? It is. We live in paradise. And if it right? wasn't,
3: I yeah, if it wasn't, I wouldn't unload on, on the podcast either. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is going great. Else. So
2: pretty low, low ratings on the one I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, today we are on chapter what? Five of the SEO Learning Series, Offsite Basics. Now, I often get the confusion from clients about this. What the hell do you mean by off-site? Well, I should have said SEO off-site basis. So anything that contributes to your search engine optimization, but external to your website. So that's what we're talking about here. And some of it you can't control, but some of you can. And we're going to talk about what that is. Um, and the crux of it all is authority. So Google wants to know that you've earned the right to rank your your website will help them understand what you do it will provide some great references perhaps show some of your expertise and really describe in the best way possible who you are and why you should be someone who should work with you but that's all well and good i mean that's great but google tries to act like a person in the sense they're trying to look for all right look where are those votes of confidence can I really be sure this is a legitimate company and they've earned the right to rank? So that's what we call authority building. You need to have great authority. So we're going to talk about what that takes. And we're going to start with link building. Why don't you run with that, Scott?
3: Yeah. So I guess the first thing to know is what is a good link and what is a great link? Um, I guess we should also have, what is a pad link? I don't think we have that in here, but maybe we should <laughs> we talk have. about that too. Um, So just, you know, a, a good link is something that's relevant um, in its basic sense, you know, does it complement your website? Does it talk about things? Is, is the link coming from a page that has the same sort of information that your site has? Uh, generally, that's as simple as it is for a good link. Uh, but great links are quite a bit different in the sense that you still have to have that relevance. You have to have the link coming from a source that is highly relevant, but you also want it from a source that's highly authoritative. So, you know, a a great link example might be, you know, the New York Times or CNN or some big publication that has a lot of authority for Google, Um, some type of uh, uh, content that's got a lot of links pointing to it, it has a high domain authority score, or well, doesn't necessarily have a domain authority score, but that could be an indication that it is high quality. Uh, You really want links from good websites that people actually visit websites that have been around a while and have a lot of trust. Uh, You know, a brand new website about casinos linking to your, uh, your painting business is a bad link. You know, it's highly irrelevant. It might be a source of spam. Uh, You want the links to have uh, anchor text, preferably relevant to the keywords that you want to rank for. So whatever the key term is you want to rank for, that should be the clickable text in the link. Most of the time.
2: (laughs) And I'd say uh way I would describe a good link is, uh, let's give an example. Uh, someone's write, written an article on a website that is relevant to yours uh, in some way or another. It could be a news site, too. and News sites are relevant to everyone, and that's the good thing. If you get a link from a news site, that's generally good. Um, and we're not talking about paid links here. We're talking about links that are genuinely coming from the website, from the editor, that has had a certain amount of review. Um now, if a link is pointing to you, just like say they're talking about X widgets and they say, "Well, this is a great widget, um, uh, and it's got interesting specs. Uh, this company, and they link to your website, discusses those specs in detail if you're more interested or and and some of the some of the key points are. Duh, 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 duh. Well, that's a great link. It's something that they're they've signaled that you are an authority in that marketplace or enough of an authority that they have decided to link to you. And because those sites are already read, already have a good footprint online, you know, in other words, they're ranking well, they have common and regular visitors, then it has earned that that there's a certain amount of trust that's passed to you. Um, A great link would be, again, something so authoritative that it's like, wow, a wow moment. Um, Like you said, uh, uh, any kind of news website, you could talk Fortune, Forbes, Uh, CNN, like you mentioned, uh, anything like that. And if they're linking to you um, as a source or as um, perhaps there's even better, an article on your business and it's not sponsored, that's gold. That's a great link. That's the kind of thing you just dream of. Um, And a bad link, of course, is one that you paid for that comes from somewhere obviously paid for. I'll, I'll leave it at that because <laughs> not all paid links, in my opinion, are the worst. It's just how you do it and, and the ethics around it um, that I could talk to you about in person and such, but it's just, it's all, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. The point of the matter is always try to get them the most ethical way you can. If um, you're in marketplaces where you've done all that and you still can't compete because your competitors are doing stuff that are a little more nefarious and they're succeeding, Well, you may not have a choice but to jump into the bit of the gray area, and and we do that occasionally for our clients. It's not something we like to do, but we're not going to leave them on the in the lurch because their competitors are beating and are doing something that's a little shadier. Uh, Unfortunately, we we are here to help them, our clients, succeed. Um, So, uh, types of link building uh, are guest posts. Um, now, one of those would be if you were to say to someone, hey, would you in, in, be interested in writing an article on this? Or if and if so, we could provide you the content entirely. It'll be perfectly edited. It'll be professional. It'll be an amazing article. One you can be proud of. And yes, it will include at least or let's say one link or two to our services um, and other links as well. So it won't look entirely you know, fake or anything like that. But this is going to be a cornerstone article. It's going to be great. And if they agree to it, that's a guest post. You're guest posting on their website. Other ones are press releases. Uh press releases we'll get into in a little bit, but essentially uh there's the classics, uh, you know, uh what was it? Crane. What's the name of the place? PR Web um, right. was the place to go. Press press release web, I guess is you what you would have <laughs> called it back in the day. And it was where you could go and just pay to have your press release submitted to uh, various news organizations for X amount of dollars and it would give you a little more exposure if the if if those particular uh, news agencies decided it was worthwhile. Uh, what are some of the other ones, Scott?
3: Yeah, so it used to be really big for directory submissions and that's largely dead. However, there are still some good directories out there that make sense to be in. Um, some of them may not give you uh, follow links. They might be no follow. Uh, but if you can find directories that are topical to uh, you know, your business. Like if you have, if you're a real estate agent and you can find a directory of real estate agents, you know, that could be useful, that sort of thing. Um, so try to find things that are relevant and not just a a mass directory of everything. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about directories unless you can find some good ones, but there are some good ones. Um, reciprocal linking, this used to be massive and it, it spawned a long list of scams and link farms and link rings and all kinds of things. Oh, I shouldn't say scams, because at the time they were good. They were, you know, they were valid. Uh, they're, they're just a valid thing to do, and they worked. Um, now, I wouldn't really go deep into reciprocal linking. So that's when you I link to you and you link to me, unless there is a very a strong connection of relevance there for example a contractor linking to uh, electricians and plumbers and other trades makes sense that they could link to each other Mm -hmm. it's highly relevant real estate agents linking to home inspectors and mortgage brokers and and what and and whatever relevant stuff. seos and web designers linking to each other makes sense so as long as there's a clear connection there you you could trade links with your direct competition that would be relevant but probably not something you want to do and probably not something they would want to do it Um, it would have
2: to be very carefully planned and executed to to have any benefit and would all that effort be worth it well
3: the only the only example i could see with and then they wouldn't be direct competitors would be like if you are uh if you're a plumber in victoria And you got a buddy who's a plumber in Seattle, you know, you might be able to do something there through content, guest posting and and link to each other because you've got the plumbing connection, but you're not competing with each other. I don't know. Like there, there may be examples where that could happen. It wouldn't be bad for SEO, but um, it it may not always be good for business. Uh, So, you know,
2: for example, a home inspector wouldn't want to link to just one realtor because they would alienate other realtors. So it's not really in their best interest. Now, if they were deciding to focus on one realtor, but they, they serviced several areas and they figured that they could put one realtor per area, that might be worthwhile. It, it, or it's strategic in that sense from a business perspective, but obviously that's not what we're talking about here, but that, that is a consideration, but it comes down to, will those links really have much value? And if Google can see that there's a reciprocal relationship between the links and like there's some sort of benefit to both people, and they look somewhat suspicious, they'll just be ignored. Um, that doesn't mean it's not a benefit to have those links, though, for actual people doing research. So keep that in mind, too. Links, um, have a lot of benefit outside of just consideration for uh improving your rankings,
3: absolutely. Yeah, so don't uh assume it's dead just because it is not as powerful as it could have been in the past. Yeah. Um, so and I know what. One- Oh, I was going to say, I know the next one is probably one of your favorites, because you definitely brought it up before with uh, sponsorships.
2: It, it's I, I like it, like especially for local businesses. If they're trying to prove that they have a footprint in a community, sponsoring a local baseball team, uh, basketball team, field hockey, lacrosse, whatever, that's a great way to show that you care about your community, you're giving back, and hey, give me a link for that. <laughs> You can ask the the particular team. That's a pretty good benefit, um, and it's very basic. But yeah, and other than the fact that people will see your logo usually on their jerseys or on uh, board advertising um, around the uh, the field or whatever it may be, that would just great. By the way, too, you're also hopefully getting a link from their website or from any other materials they put out, and that just shows to Google that you are a, actually a part of that community. Again, you're not uh, just a fly by night business, something that could be taking advantage of people and simply you are not, you you haven't earned the right to rank, is really what it comes down to. But I'll say again and again and again. Um, So, sponsoring a team, uh, charities as well, you know, any kind of a charity that you could get involved in uh, would be powerful. Uh, Again, if, uh, you know, you don't, so people get very cautious about this. Obviously, you don't want to feel like you're doing it for any other reason than being a good person. But the fact of the matter is, this is business. If they can give you a link back from their from their charity, uh, from their church, whatever it might be, uh, that's fantastic. And it's a small thing to ask for. And if you just ask, most of the time they'll say yes. And it'll be worth your weight in gold. It's weight in gold and also your benefit to the entire community is not insignificant, which feels great. So win win, really. Uh, what's that next thing? Podcasts. Oh, yeah.
3: I don't know what that is.
2: Oh, yeah. It kind of, it's a weird, strange word. Boy, Someone no else way. must have added that in there. I don't know who. Yeah. that's uh, <laughs> hopeless. God, we suck. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so being a guest on a podcast can generate links to your website. So, do some podcast outreach, try and find people that have great podcasts that might want you on their show. Uh, They're often being pitched. We definitely know what that's like. Um, And it may be that you have to do something a little different to stand out, perhaps reaching out to them through LinkedIn, through someone, you know, get introduction. That's probably the best way to go Uh, introductions of any kind Uh, because email I just ignore them all. I get so many. Um, and sometimes they're good, but frankly, we already have an agenda and, and it's, this isn't our priority job. Like we, we don't get paid for this. You know, we're, we're constantly, we do this for fun and in, in enjoyment and we've been it for years. So, uh, when we get to do the, the podcast, we just have our own notes. We jump into it and get into it. Uh, sometimes planning a series like we're doing now is a lot more work and and we enjoy it at times, but sometimes we don't. Anyways, I'm off track here. I'm just saying that not always do we want to have to be pitched. So you have to attack it from a different direction so that you're actually listened to. Oh, forums. I, I hesitated to
3: put this in here, but there is still a place for forums sometimes. Yeah. And that's the only reason I included it. Um, Oh, they were so bad for spam, for link building, and they they worked as well for a while. Uh, So typically, there's not a lot of SEO link value from forum posts and links within forum posts, but I wouldn't necessarily rule it out completely. If you are in an industry where there are niche forums that are popular and authoritative and just like good quality forums you may want to become an expert in your field in those forums and stand out and, and post quality content, throw in links occasionally. Uh, some forums allow you to have a profile page with some links and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if if you want to put out the effort and get in there and do that, um, I think it's a bit of a labor of love as well. If you want to get involved in a forum, it's got to be something you really enjoy talking about and trying to answer questions and helping people. And, and just be really positive and, and solid in a forum. You could get some value in terms of uh, maybe other people might link to you. I mean, it's a bit of a long shot, but I wouldn't do it exclusively for links. I would, hmm. but I would look at it from a link building perspective if I was doing it anyways, or if I was considering it and like, what can I do to make my links worthwhile to drive some traffic through my links and not look like a spammer or a scammer? Um, if you're starting out brand new in a forum and you want to take this route, I wouldn't go with your first post with a bunch of links to your site. You know, build some authority, maybe maybe wait a year, like build up a ton of posts, just really play it carefully. Um, there are some larger scale platforms. Everybody knows about Reddit and Quora, which I, I don't like Quora at all, or Quora. I don't even know how to say it. I don't like it. But, you know, the same thing sort of applies. You're not going to get really SEO value per se, but you might get traffic. You might get some eyeballs. Um, they're not to be fully ignored necessarily, but they do take a lot of work. It, worth considering in some situations anyway. So yeah. I just wanted to make really, sure that if was you're out.
2: Considering there. a forum, links shouldn't be your focus. They're the, the tiniest, remotest benefit of active being active in a forum. It could be a benefit, but your main reason for being there has to be to contribute or you're not going to be successful. And once you contribute, you you can build a reputation. And truly enjoy the community and you will end up getting leads quite likely uh, from people who genuinely want your help. That's assuming it's that kind of uh, forum where you are helping people out free and giving them some tips and stuff. Um, I know many people who've done well through forums. It's never been my cup of tea simply because it's so much work. Um, I have always fancied the idea of doing it, but it's just I never was able to keep up.
3: Uh, One example of a forum that I've seen that I think is probably successful for some people is uh, I drive a Toyota Tundra and I'm part of this Tundra forum. And so whenever I have questions about my truck or I want to learn something, I go there. There's lots of stuff. Um, there are some people in there who are approved by the moderators to pitch their products when they get really good deals. Not just like a typical product pitch, but there's one person that sells all kinds of parts, and when they get like a bulk order of a certain thing, and they have maybe a hundred available, they offer they'll offer a steep discount to forum members. And yes, it is like an ad placement, but they make a lot of sales, and people comment about it and like, oh, I bought the the rear sway bar from this guy. And it's great. Here's some pictures. I installed it. Here's how I did it. And it turns into this thing, almost like a sales lead rather than an SEO thing. That's cool. Um, Now you can't, you can't just go in there and start posting links to your sales. Maybe in some, most people are going to laugh at you and, you know, you know, report you or downvote you or thumb down or whatever the forum does. But um, there are relationships that can be built with some niche forums that, Uh, can be quite successful if you're willing to, again, put in the time and build those relationships.
2: Mm -hmm. Like there's the local SEO forums um, in in our industry. If you get active there and you're truly uh, effective and you help out, it is enormous. Like you really can build some great relationships. You might even get hired. uh, People might try to to pick you up and, and bring you on board with their businesses. Uh, one of the most popular one was the Google Webmaster forums that has spawned numerous businesses from people being really, really active on there and helping out. And they've also become s- super moderators that have been invited to Google to go to conferences and stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing what you can get out when you contribute. It's just like anything though, you have to do a great job of it. Now, one of the other questions, one of the things that was mentioned earlier was uh, no follow. So a no follow is a, attribute that's applied to a link in the background on a page and it tells Google, you know, yeah, obviously this is a link, but don't follow it or at least don't, don't connect it to my website. Um, I don't want to say that I'm giving any credit to this. I just know that it's related to this topic. I have vetted them to be sure that they're a good business is essentially what it comes down to. I don't want to pass along my trust. Um, and they are I can't tell you what today the current status of that is in terms of its effect. Um, I would say that uh, the trust bit might be applicable still. Um, But I can tell you that no follows uh, are no longer a hard and fast rule. Google will look at them. Now, this is their official top. This is their official statement for years since no follow came out. John Carcut and I had talked about this. We didn't believe that no follows were ignored. <laughs> it just was a great signal that Google liked us to be doing for them. Um, frankly, it was obvious to me that there'd be no reason for them just to, to. I mean, it's just too much data they get from that. Anyways, um, now they've said that, you know, no follows are something that they do look at. Um, it is particularly important for local. If you have a link on a, a, a local website and they happen to no follow you, but it's genuinely a community website that has some reputation, well, that's a signal. It's a citation at the very least to Google that you are local. So don't get too worried about no follows. Um, Even a link with a follow, like with a no follow is going to have some benefit to you in some cases. It's one of those, it depends. (laughs) Good old Google thing, but I mean, good old search SEO thing. Not everything is yes or no. So it does depend, but uh, don't think of it as being a, the door is shut thing. It's not. There is, There are benefits even to a no followed link. All right. So what is link building naturally? So we talked about link building where you're actively doing things, you're sponsoring, you're doing podcasts, you're doing form activity, guest posts, press releases. Well, link building naturally is all about ultimate content. It's something we've talked about ad nauseum in this, in this uh, um, podcast. And it's because Content is what Google wants. I mean, this is so simple. It's so utterly awesomely simple. They want you to make the internet a better place. When you do that, they want to show you off because it makes them look good because they they surfaced you in rankings and the people got the answer they wanted. It's so simple. So creating great content is what Google wants, but also naturally builds links to your website. Because when those people find them and go, this is an amazing article. I'm going to provide a link to it from social. I'm going to maybe even put a a link to it in my website. I'll talk about it on a form. Um, Maybe even generates press. It's it's as grounded as it comes. I mean, this is grassroots stuff, right? So uh, ultimate content. What does that mean though? How would you describe ultimate content, Scott?
3: You know, anything that's super well researched, I mean, obviously, it has to be relevant, but have good data that is backed by research and testing and real life experience. Um, maybe include videos of you if, if it's a review site testing products and hey, this is the product, this is how it works, here's how these things compare to one another, have charts that that uh that compare different things and and explain the the data about the topic. It's kind of hard without knowing what the topic is to say what to, to say but it's just really you want to have unique information you don't just want to regurgitate content that's already out there so if you're doing that testing and you're in maybe that testing doesn't exist so you're providing unique brand new original thoughts it makes a huge difference if you're just going out there and you know, rewriting what's already existing, it's no one's going to be impressed by it. Google's not going to be impressed by it, you really have to put a lot of effort in and, and but don't get hung up on things like length either. I and mean, we know we've talked about this a bunch, you know, how long should it be, it has to be as long as it has to be is is really what it comes down to don't worry about making it a 10,000 word article or, you know, if it's 300 words, fine, it's 300 words, if it gets the point across, and that's fine. So you know, but be unique and original and relevant and, uh, detailed. And
2: yeah, what I would, what What I I would inject into that and to sort of enhance one of the points you made is expertise show your unique perspective and expertise. Well, it may not be unique in the marketplace. Maybe you have the same opinion, but the fact is it's you talking about what I did in my experience, uh, this is the kind of phrases you might start things with um, examples of you doing the work, whatever it might be. I mean, I'm totally we're spitballing here on what the content could be, but um, right now I do a lot of um, AI based content for clients now, but, and a lot of people go, what? No, you know, it's, they're a little scared of that or they're very uncertain. And I get why it's because everyone is and their cat are doing a, <laughs> um, uh, AI content and putting it out there and it's insane just how much garbage is out there, but it looks okay on the surface. But if you were actually trying to read that content and get something of value out of it, you might go, huh, this kind of feels homogenous. It's like, there's just no.
3: No substance.
2: Yeah. It it doesn't have anything that I, I really, I'm not getting a lot out of this, but the ones you do get a lot out of are by, uh, subject matter experts, because they're genuinely giving their own experience and opinion. So what you need to do, and um, this is what I do, and it's not easy, but is creating excellent content using AI, but then amplifying the expertise, going in there, rewriting certain things. It's funny, I thought it would be easier than it is. It's taken me a lot of time to do a good article now. So it's funny how AI has helped, but it's also made things a little more
0: well, it really hasn't
2: saved a ton of time. It has, in some ways, and hasn't in others. Um, anyways, you need to go in there and then add the expertise. Uh, make sure that it is something that it was that would be really viable to be shared. Adding extra media, your own media, not just shared media. Um, generating opinions, putting in testimonials, putting in quotes that you've written, link to your expertise. Make sure that the article links to a uh, bio that shows your expertise as the person who wrote it. It's a long thing. I mean, this, we could talk an hour just about this kind of stuff. It's fascinating to me because I'm doing so much of it right now, but it's, um, yeah, it, it is key. And one of the, the tips here for fun, creating ultimate content is look for, t- use tools like Content Animal. It's one of my favorite tools. And Content Animal allows you to um, type in a phrase and it will look at all the different w- websites that currently rank for that phrase and on the content so that you can determine what content has ranked well. And it's, it's excellent. It, this is, that's part of what we do for when we're doing authority building plans for our clients, where we're literally giving them a list of highly vetted content ideas that we know will work to, uh, when they do spend the time to do the ultimate content, we know it will work because it's based on other content that's done exceptionally well. So uh, just try not to reinvent the wheel, look for great contents done well. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. Um, as long as it's within your industry, there's no reason but worked in Australia, won't work in Victoria, BC here. I mean, it, as long as it's not highly regional, it's going to be a, a great idea. Or it might spawn another idea for you. It's, it's just... It's great doing research and there's lots of great content out there. Link building artificially and how to do it safely. Now we've kind of touched on some of this stuff, but uh, do-it-yourself guest posting. How do you approach this, Scott?
3: Well, you definitely want to, well, create the good content for the guest posts, uh, but you want to find good sites to post them on and hopefully sites that will accept your posts. So, you know, you want to certainly keep things topical, find other websites that are ranking well, have good authority, uh, have those posts. You know, you can go to SEMrush, for instance, and search for the site you're considering having a guest post on and see what the domain authority is of the website, what the ranking history is of that website. Uh, make sure that you're not posting or or suggesting posting to sites that could be banned or have, you know, hidden agendas and even things like malware and other things of that nature you want to be careful with. Um, You just really want to find sites that are topical and quality and authoritative. And if you can find sites that have known authors that have, you know, been around for a while, that's great too. You know, find sites that people go to and read, uh, think about in terms
0: of not. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling current the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast
3: just getting a link from this guest post, but getting traffic from these guest posts. Um you, you want to look into, you know, is it uh, going to cost you anything? Is this going to be a paid guest post submission? Um if it is, you know, assess whether or not that might be worthwhile. What what is the fee and what are they what's the deal with the fee? Like if you want to update the post in the future, can you do that? Um things like that. So it's really, you know, something topical, a site that is relevant that has some authority and you know, is that post gonna be linked to even like some cases they might just orphan the page if you're not careful. So make sure that the, the guest post will be part of their, whether it's coming through their blog or through their feed somehow through their website. Uh, make sure people can still find it naturally through their site as well.
2: Yeah, and if you're paying a submission fee, just make sure too that you have, um, uh, like you said, making sure that the the page is guaranteed to have your link, but sometimes they actually remove the entire page over time. Like you said, sometimes it's orphaned, but sometimes they just remove it. Um, And, uh, or yes, they will repurpose the link for someone else who's paying within three months, or you might get screwed and they do it in a month. You have to track these things. And uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, We work with a business who does an amazing job of that, which we've outsourced to our clients, and uh, oh my gosh, it's taken me years to find them and they do a great job. What a relief because link building is probably one of my least favorite uh, practice in the industry. It is torture. Finding a good company that can do it is worth its weight in, like, if it was heavy, <laughs> worth its weight in gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's incredible and it's done amazing things for my clients. Uh, for our clients, I should say. So it's been really good. Um, And so they do work. Just make sure that uh, you have done your work and you're going to be put in on a place that's going to be beneficial and you're tracking it if you're going to do it yourself. Press releases. And so, as I mentioned before, I want to cover this a bit more. Um, It's uh, another service that we've got into the last six months, I think. I mean, it's funny. We did press releases back in 2008 that realm of time. And to, I, I didn't, I did it as early as 2003, um, even for my own business, most likely on P World PR web, because it was the standard and it's still around. But what kind of happened is everyone was using it to build links and Google just pretty much trashed the value of those. Not completely. I mean, it's not going to hurt you to get out there. I mean, you're still going to get the, get in front of the press. Whether or not it'll generate anything is unknown. I, I don't know many people who do that for that purpose because I'm not thinking about that and I'm dealing with smaller and medium businesses. Uh, the big guys tend to really leverage them. Now, when you work with uh, a, a company like mine, uh, Stepforth, we're, we're trying to ensure that whatever press releases you get out there are going to places that Google cares about. I don't really care if they're not going to show you in the the... Wall Street Journal. That's a different kind of service. That's when you use PR Web. This is about generating positive signals to your website that can drive that authority, that earning the right to rank. It's proving that to Google. So, how do you create press releases? I mean, it's it's kind of hard to think about it. Like, what have I got that's newsworthy? That's the irony. You don't really know it until you've looked at a list of ideas or talked to someone like us or or another person that's in your business, perhaps that has a different point of view about what you've been up to. It's amazing how many things that are actually press worthy. Uh, And once you have them, it's a matter of creating something that has a story, is formatted like a press release, has some media in there, isn't overly promotional and then get it to the right places Uh, images should be on there up to two links maybe three would be allowed Uh, the releases should always link to your site as the source in our situation we have this amazing system i'm so proud of now that has uh, a press room on your website that is actually a media room driven by a, a powerful enterprise system that ensures that every time your press release is shared, it's linking back to that as the source. So you created this beautiful uh, roundabout way to have links and uh, authority passing between this in a circle. Google finds that, finds you, sees other press releases, goes there. It's, it's a beautiful little web of authority. So again, there is a science to it and it's dependent upon your purpose. Do you want those great press platitudes in the newspapers? Or are you looking to generally, genuinely increase your rankings to generate business more directly and more quickly? So press releases are great. Uh, it just has to have a bit of a plan. And that's part of actually what we do in the authority building plans as well, or what you could do when you're planning, uh, looking at different content that's done well. You might find that when you're using content animals, some of the stuff that was succeeding were press releases. It's very rare to see that, but it's possible. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about social media.
4: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
2: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fenack. Social media. Is it a ranking factor, Scott?
3: not really sometimes <laughs> <laughs> maybe is, is that it now it what's, the next, what's the next topic um yeah like everything it depends um i you know when, directly speaking google ignores a lot of social links or they you know a lot of them are no follow anyways uh so there's you know marginal seo value directly um, but social is amazing in a lot of regards because you can do all kinds of things with it. You can attract all kinds of attention, especially if you're very active in social. If you're one of these people that has, you know, 15 followers and you post once every six months and you're you're wondering why it doesn't work, well, that's why it doesn't work. If you're active and you're constantly engaging with the people that follow you and maybe you've, you, you've got a, I was going to pick a random number, like thousands of followers, but I guess it depends on your niche and your, you know, your, if you're really local centric, you might not need 100,000 followers to be highly successful with it. But if you're on a a global level, you might need millions. So, I mean, that's all kind of relative. But the more you post good stuff, the more people that follow you will share that good stuff, which can drive traffic to your site. It can I, I wouldn't use it as a primary link building tool, but you can get links from it if you're you know posting links to a great piece of content, you attract more eyeballs to that great content. If the right people see it, you might get some links from it. You
2: got to remember like your social page, as long as it's the public version for your business is seen by Google and it will see the content and it will rank, but the links on it necessarily won't have, won't necessarily have any benefit to you. Uh, So do consider it as a ranked page and something that's a value, especially for your brand?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I can, you know, I was just thinking about it in terms of link building, but you're right. Yeah, those social profiles and posts in social can rank themselves, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge benefit there as well. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and it, uh, you know, your social, I was say, community, but your 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 social presence can build a lot of trust and customer loyalty and brand awareness, and you might attract new customers that don't find your website; they just search in Facebook or wherever for something and they find you that way so it's just another avenue another place for people to find you um it's just i don't know it's just all around something you need to do because people are using it whether you like social or not millions tens billions billions of people use social media you know i want to say everybody who's on the internet is on a social platform which i know isn't true but I bet it's close. I don't know. It's, you know.
2: At least use them. Um, unless we're talking about the uh, 70s and above and age groups, they're a little more Luddite in some regards, yeah. but even many of them have their kids and, or their kids and grandkids on there. So they try to be active to at least keep in touch. Um, the extra extra benefit, of course, and this is a different topic, but it's still a benefit of, of social is reputation management. If you're trying to, uh, if you've got some negative uh, press, some rank, something that's ranking under your business name, the more social profiles you have in place, at least active to some degree, the more likely those are going to be pushing out any other lesser content. Because these social sites have so much authority, even if you don't have a lot of activity on them, that profile can move down other content. So it's quite effective in many ways. Um, so... Don't abandon them because they're not perfect for inbound links and don't put a lot of weight on it, uh, because of that very reason as well. All right, influencer marketing, you had put a note in here. What's what are your thoughts? Oh, no, it's mine actually. Yeah, huh, I can that's, your, that's you. your
3: note. You have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, so influencer marketing, uh, a, a friend of mine, Joe Sinkwitz at IntelliFluence. Uh it's spelt out as it sounds in telefluence, um, has a an history that is focused in his web, a business entirely focused on hooking you up with influencers. Uh it's very cool. Uh something I've been dying to use for my clients, but it's never quite come to that point yet. I see it coming, but it's not quite there. We usually have other uh fishes to fry first. But if you want extra exposure and Uh, ways to push up your your business and get that uh, brand a real kick, man, check out Joe's site. That's intellifluence.com. And uh, just make sure that when you do any kind of uh, influencer marketing, you have all your ducks in a row. You do not want anything breaking because if they send a ton of business your way, a ton of of interest, if they find anything broken, if they find anything untowards, it's worth it. worthless. In fact, it's going to damage you. um, most often you need to have all your marketing in place, everything tested on redundant servers so that you can handle any kind of extreme traffic. It's not rocket science, but it's also something that just has to be done. You know, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it because influencers aren't cheap. And if you, especially depending on who you pick, of course, there are some less expensive ones. It all depends on your market. But if you do go for some of the bigger ones, you're going to be spending a lot of money and you want to maximize this to the end of time. You don't want to make everything count.
3: We have a client in in the tourism industry. And I remember we had no idea they were using influencers at all. And I went to send them a report at one point and I'm looking through their analytics and I saw for whatever month it was. They had a spike for about two or three days of close to a 100,000 visitors <laughs> in traffic. And I was, I was just like, well, like, what is going on? Like, it's got to be a glitch because you do see glitches like that sometimes. It was just this anomaly of traffic that was probably at least 20 times their normal traffic. And so after talking to the client, we found out that, yeah, there was an influencer who had talked about them on, um, I think it was, TikTok of all things. I don't like TikTok. We won't get into that. But anyways, and it just their traffic spiked hugely. Their sale, well, I don't know what their actual sales were, but their leads spiked like crazy. Um, it was just and they do this every now and then, every I don't know, six months or so, they get this huge spike with this influencer. I don't know if it's the same influencer either. I don't know a lot about it. This this particular client, we it's long story. We don't work with them a lot, but anyways, they um yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, potentially, I mean, 100,000 visitors in a day, that could wipe out a site. Like, that could totally break and crash your site if you've got mm-hmm. really cheap hosting. Uh, some cheap hosting only allows for so many visitors a day, and it'll just, like, lock down until the next day. I mean, they'll actually
2: kick you out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's you don't yeah, warn them ahead of time, they will c- completely destroy, like, can- cancel your account, because I mean, it'll devastate their entire server with probably hundreds of clients on there, and they'll all be angry at them. And oh, they will. is that happened? So,
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you do any, if you do anything serious, don't be on that $1.99 a month hosting plan, <laughs> um, or or you know, you know. God help you.
2: Just Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we we have uh, a dedicated server we picked up at WP Engine. Um, it's definitely not the best hosting company, but it's been really good for us. And you know, we uh, charge. I think our clients. 40 or 40 or 50 bucks a month. That is nothing for a business. But with that, we're able to put on a ton of safeguards to ensure that their site won't go down, you know, and ensure that there's redundant backups at the wazoo. That's not just WP Engine. We have another system in place as well. And that's when we don't even think there's going to be influencers. (laughs) So if we had that, I'd be like, oh God, okay, well, we need to talk to these guys. You need to have this in place and this in place and this in place. You know, that's just the norm. So don't go cheap. You don't realize it. I guarantee it, unless you're savvy enough, you probably don't even realize that you're turning people off because your website's loading slowly, may not be when you test it because you've got a cached, maybe someone else is finding it slow from where they are where they're located or a specific time of day because on those servers that are clogged with lots of other sites there are times of days they get busy and a lot of them get busy and all of a sudden the whole thing goes down to a snail's pace the hosting company is only guaranteeing uptime not speed yeah Um, and yeah Wow, we could rant about that for a while. Eh? A <laughs> little
3: bit of a tangent, but it's important. I mean, it's if you don't, it's so yeah. important.
2: Holy cow. Like, what's your website? What's all this work we're doing if it's not stable and running yeah. beautifully? Ah, oh, tons of stuff to talk about there. Okay. So podcasts. Um, we know a little about that, obviously. Pick a name that clearly represents your topic. Don't get all fancy. Okay. Um, SEO 101, pretty obvious what we're talking about. But if you pick some uh, from Earth to the Mars and you're talking about.
3: Ross and Scott talk about stuff.
2: Yeah, like. (laughs) (laughs) That that was dumb, but, you know, you you don't know know what uh, that means either. Maybe you create little models on Mars of of galaxies or something, but it's just, I don't know. There's a little relevance there at least, but sometimes they're just as stupid as names and there's no obvious relevance. And having some kind of connection is important because people will be talking about you and linking to you. And if they're using the term that you want to be found for, hello, all of a sudden that ranking is going to start happening more often than not because it's connected to the term and it's connected to your website and it's connected to your podcast. Don't jump the gun there. Pick something that's great and make sure you've slept on it a few nights before you finalize it because it's what you're going to get stuck with. Uh, getting the word out about a podcast is another thing entirely. You know, you need to build that yourself. Put put it on social media. Obviously, make sure that it's syndicated across great places. Some of them won't allow you to be syndicated until you've got at least a five episodes. Uh, there's a number of different things and pre-qualifications, benefits, and whatever. And, and it's a it's a rabbit hole. But if you're gonna do your own podcast, either hire a production company or use virtual assistants or wherever that may be in the Philippines, where we love to hire. We've got phenomenal staff from there. Um, Uh, just make sure that when you're doing it, that you do it the right way. A production company will handle it for you. If they've got a good reputation, make sure you check their reputation. I've been bit on that one before. Um, and if you've got VAs, just make sure that you know what you're doing because you're going to have to create the processes. You have to be a bit of a DIYer um, or hire someone who knows them and create some for you so that the VAs will be able to follow them step by step. And they could have a 10th the brainpower one day, but still get the job done right because the, the instructions are so clear. Okay. That's for recording, editing, and distribution. Very important. Then consistency is key. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at us. I know we're not so good <laughs> with consistency. We've trying, we're trying. Um I'm just glad we're continuing to do this, honestly. <laughs> it's been a long time and I love it. I'm so glad we do it. Um, you
3: know, if each one of our listeners sends us ten dollars a week, we could be super consistent.
2: Hell a week, I first take ten dollars <laughs> from each listener.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I
2: don't that's know. True. How that's true, that's all it would take. Yeah. Um I you know, just a like, just give us a review. That would be phenomenal. We don't even have any reviews on, on Apple. It's crazy. Um, anyway, consistency is key, especially when you're starting out. We were consistent for years. I'd say, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're consistent for almost a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nuts, man. Oh, I can't believe I can say that. Anyway, um, yeah, sure, we had some times where we missed the odd one, but it was very consistent. And, and that's why we're in our 457th, was it, 458th episode. So, you know, it takes a while. Uh, Some go faster. Some have, I know people who are nearing their thousands episode and they're just, it's amazing to me. But uh, it's all what you want to do and what your goal is. Uh, Try to mix up the content. You know, keep it interesting. That might be the odd guest host. um, That might be talking about something really controversial and getting the word out and trying to build some discussion around it outside of the podcast and last but somewhat least uh make sure to <laughs> have at least an okay co-host like scott
3: you, uh, <laughs> you know it, it's a step up from me. not quite <laughs> oh not quite decent yet someday i'll be decent um but you know i'm on my way up from zero
2: so we'll, we'll know, get there. i'm sure there's many people out there that prefer you over me so i'm just, yeah i'm so great well there was
3: now. at least one email you sent me once and someone was like all in all over me and I, I couldn't true. believe it but hey I'll take it <laughs>
2: yeah that one
3: person is my best friend yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no yeah I, yeah I have to t- tell my wife thanks for sending that email yeah I, I, <laughs> I'll be the
2: first to say no one could completely replace John Carcut, but you've done an amazing job and I appreciate it thank you um definitely the best pick uh all right oh yeah. yeah well you're not know, gonna be nice <laughs> once in a while I figure um <laughs> Uh, local Google business profile. Now we just discussed this, but to briefly reiterate, ensure your Google business profile is complete and accurate. Update it regularly with new hours, photos, uh, categories. If there's any new categories, uh, posts, posts, everything respond to reviews. Oh my God. I just had a call with a client the other day. Just. I was horrified. She was like, why aren't we getting better results? And I went and I looked at the, the, the system because I wasn't actually running that campaign. And my person who was, wasn't actually at work that day. And I went and looked and I'm like, well, have you looked at your Google business profile? <laughs> How many times have we told you to respond to your reviews? There were some of them were negative, which first of all, it's not a good sign, but they hadn't responded to them. And it, it just, it was like half a discussion that was all negative. They could have turned it into a positive. They really could have, or at least neutralized it. Um, but that's one thing. The other thing is just to get reviews. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a lot of businesses don't do anything to get reviews because they feel like they're tooting their own horn and they're very shy. That's a very Canadian thing, by the way. I've got lots of Canadian clients that do that. I was actually horrible at that too at one point. Now I realized, hello, this is business. You got to ask for them or people won't provide them in many cases.
3: You know, we, we actually just had a meeting with a, a client was it this week or last week and and they were talking about their Google reviews and they got tons of them and they're really active yes talking to their clients about hey you know talking to their happy clients about hey oh if you don't mind could you go over to Google here's the link we'll send you all the information they can easily do it and leave us a review and they get tons of them um if you're a you know a, a criminal defense lawyer it might be harder to get those reviews yeah. but in, you know in, in a lot of retail type settings and, and service businesses you know some of them it's I don't say I wouldn't say it's easy. It takes a lot of work, but easier in some than others.
2: Yeah, lawyers. Oh my gosh, I've not found a more difficult. Well, them and psychiatrists. I've not found much. Well, oh, that harder would be tough. Yeah, to get a review, and it makes sense, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> but, totally does.
2: Um, Uh, especially injury defense or, or family lawyers or stuff like that. It's people, you know, people are doing mortgages and that kind of thing. It's easy because there's nothing really private about that and nothing to be potentially ashamed of. Anyways, it is very hard. There are certain industries that are brutal to build authority for. And uh, that's, those are definitely a couple of them. Uh, We've talked about, I think in the last episode too, about how to respond to reviews and how to do it well. So do keep that in mind. Uh, It's, There's a lot of great content online about that. I don't want you to make that mistake. You need to do it right. Um, If you're a 24-7 business, but you don't actually have a business that's physically open, there's not a door open with someone inside waiting to greet people, that is not a 24-7 business. Keep that in mind with Google Business Profiles. They require that kind of access. Just if that's the case and you are, or that's not the case, but you are 24 seven in terms of response, like a plumber, that kind of thing. Well, good. That's great. You can add that as a feature within your business listing. You can add it into imagery on your business listing. You can add it into the description on the business listing. There's lots of different ways you can make sure people know that. And it is important. You want them to know that because that is a sales factor. But that's just one example of the the minutiae that you have to consider when you're working with Google business profiles. And again, that happened yesterday dealing with a client on this that, you know, didn't know that and understandably. Um, And it is a bit weird that Google requires that kind of uh, detail and focus, but it is what they, they are what they are. And we got to play their games sometimes. Last but not least the Google knowledge graph. This is something a lot of people don't even think about, but, If you type in your business name and let's say you're not a local business, um, do you see a knowledge panel about your company? If you type in Microsoft, you'll see a big knowledge panel about Microsoft, who they are when they started. Uh, You'll probably even have links to the different CEOs over time and tons of stuff. Obviously they're massive, that's a huge example. But let's say, um, well, my favorite type of knowledge panel is a personal one. If you are a leader in your industry, you need to have a solid knowledge panel. If someone types in your name, you should be first. Um, it could be that you've got a very generic name. How the heck are you going to be first? Well, maybe someone adds a modifier. Um, you know, it could be, uh,
5: uh
2: Joe Sinkwitz, uh, influencer. Uh uh, Joe, Cin- Joe has got a pretty unique name. He's probably showing up anyway. <laughs> uh, but let's say uh, Joe, John. <laughs> get any more? Joe John. Joe John. Joe John. Uh, generic? John Smith. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're John Smith, thank you. Let's just go for that. I couldn't think of the most <laughs> obvious one. Duh. But if you had that and you wanted to get ranked, well, that's going to be harder. But if they have a modifier like Influencer or SEO or... Um, race car driver, you better show Great. up and if you're not, then you need some work done. And that can be done. I've been doing it lately for some uh, pseudo well I should say pseudo because she is. she is, one of our, our clients is a celebrity in her area and she wanted to be found better. and it's fun. It's been a blast doing it and she's within a week she's already improved her visibility. It's an entirely different kind of search engine optimization and it is really interesting, labor intensive, not simple but totally worth it because you want people to be able to find you when they do that search. This is offsite SEO. This is the kind of thing that helps your branding that also uh, can be part of your calling card saying, Hey, just type in my name here and you'll find out all you need about me. And then, wow, you'll be blown away. Uh, My friend, Stefan Spencer, type in his name, Stefan. That's S T E P H A N. And last name is Spencer as it sounds and you'll see the ultimate knowledge panel he's done so much work on it it's exceptional and uh, congratulate him on it and it's really great and, um lots of great stuff there he's also got a great podcast too anyway he um he has worked on his knowledge panel and it's evident that can be yours if you are a person of of influence of some kind it surprisingly you don't have to be uh, a person who's been on the news who's been in the news regularly and a a true celebrity. You just have to be significant in what you do and have some key signals online that we can leverage and it can be done. You can have your own. And, uh, that is really, really interesting. And it's one of my pet projects right now as a new service we're offering. It's, It's fun. It's really fun. And again, um, I think it's really worthwhile. I'm personally working on my own right now to move it up and it's, it's exciting. You never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> I've been doing this too long. I need exciting things. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today for this Chapter 5 of the SEO 101 Learning Series on Offsite SEO. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air hopefully twice a month on WMR.fm.
3: <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody.
4: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.